0: We we have made our request known to him. We have given him what is on our heart, what is on our mind, and we are waiting for his response. We are waiting for him to do something about it. And so, uh, many of this feel, many of us feel this way. We're we're wondering what God is doing. Is God paying attention? Does He care? Is He awake? And so, if we can compare uh, being left on red uh, with God, we would label that a different way. We would consider that our unanswered prayers, right? Right? Because there's requests that we've made known to him, we're asking for him to respond, we're asking him to just give us something, and it seems like there is a void there. And for a lot of us, we've probably prayed prayers before, and there's a lot of things that are just sort of waiting in the balance, waiting in the queue, and it's created in us this, this thought of, well, maybe we shouldn't pray at all. Like maybe, maybe it's just a waste of time to do this. And we talked about last week how, how regardless of whatever you think, Jesus tells us that we should pray. Right, that we should make our requests known to him, we should make our needs known to him, and let God sort out the results. God is in charge of the results. It is our job to pray. And so um, just this, this past, well, let me, let me tell it this way. Several months ago, we were meeting in here on a Wednesday night, and Philip gave a prayer request for one of his students at, at uh, Mississippi State. Uh, one of his students' mother uh, had just gotten diagnosed with cancer really bad shape. They found it really late. I think it was about 20 about twenty tumors on her brain, right? Very serious situation. And so Philip is making this request known to us sometime back in October. And so he, he, his thoughts were very similar to mine. He was thinking, man, how am I going to help this student uh, just walk through losing his mother? And I'm thinking, man, this, this poor kid, like just a college student, going to lose his mom. I hate that for him, but, but we can pray. But that, that's that's the one thing that we can do, and so we'll we'll put, you know do our our least amount, and hopefully God can take care of the rest. Uh, but then we we get back together just this last Wednesday night, and Philip said, "I have a praise. This woman has been healed. Like all the tumors are gone. Uh, she went through one round of chemo, and and praise God that He did His thing." And so I, I highlight that story to show you that you've got you've got a worship leader and a pastor, just titans of faith, right? just honestly doing the bare minimum when it comes to prayer, because we were thinking the same thing. We were like, man, we can, we can pray, and maybe God will do his thing. And so um, God is looking for just that little bit of faith from us, that if we give our part, okay, God will do his thing. Um, Here's what I have, Lord, come what may, right? And this is, this is the kind of faithfulness that God is looking for. When it comes to faith and when it comes to prayer, Ephesians 2 tells us that faith is actually something that God gives us. Like our ability to believe, our ability to hope is something that God gives to us. And our response to that is faithfulness. So if, if, if God is giving us faith, our response to Him okay, should be faithfulness. Because let's be honest faith would be a no brainer if we got everything that we wanted. Right? Imagine, like, this would be the most logical decision you could ever make. If you got everything that you ever wanted, faith is easy. Right? I mean, if you had this this magical genie, right? Everything, just Lord, I want this, Lord, I want this, Lord, do this, make this happen. Like that would be the, the easiest decision in the world. But but faithfulness is required of us when things don't go our way, when we don't get the answers that we want, when things don't make sense, when life is confusing. And there's a story in Daniel chapter three where King Nebuchadnezzar has erected this statue. And he is requesting everyone in his kingdom, everyone in the city that can hear the band play. Whenever the band plays and strikes up, uh, strikes up the music, everyone must stop what they are doing and they must bow down and they, may, uh, they must uh, praise Nebuchadnezzar as the God uh, of, of everything. It would be like me uh, telling Jackson that every time he plays my Sharona, you guys have to bend a knee for me, right? When you're going to give me some time, Sharona? Um, so that, that's the similarities. And so what, what would happen is that they would do this. Nebuchadnezzar found out that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you've probably heard this, uh, these names before, that they were not bowing, okay? That the music would play, and they were not bowing. And so he brings them in. This story's in Daniel 3.15, if you want to flip over there real quick. But, uh, but Nebuchadnezzar goes to them and says to these guys, but if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace, And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, or worship the golden image that you have set up. So these these three men tell Nebuchadnezzar, listen bro, you, you can do whatever you want, you can say whatever you want. Our God can do this. We pray that he does. But if he doesn't, we're, we're still going to keep our eyes on him and we're still going to trust him that he knows better and that he can carry us through this. And so this is this is the kind of faithfulness that God is looking for. This is the kind of faith and the kind of courage that is needed in our culture today, right? right. This, is, this is what God is looking for. And so the story goes is that these three men are thrown into the fiery furnace, and when Nebuchadnezzar goes uh, to check on them to see if they have been reduced to nothing, uh, he, he doesn't see uh, f- three piles of ash, but he sees four men. Not three, but four. One that looks, has the appearance of a son of God. Right? And this is, this is considered a, a Christophany, sort of an appearance of, of Christ, the person walking in the furnace with him. This is where we get the song, There is another in the fire standing next to me. Okay? And so God can do it if he chooses to do it. I trust that he knows best. This is faithfulness okay, in the giver of faith. Right? And, and unfortunately, our prayers, our prayers of desperation don't always end in a miraculous display of power. Unfortunately, our, our prayers don't always end that way and aren't as, as picturesque as they are in Daniel 3. Um, and this sounds bad, but I know that there are a lot of us that are disappointed in, in God's response to our prayers, whether we don't hear from him at all, whether it is a, a verdict that we don't really care for, whatever the case may be. And in church, this is something that, that churches don't necessarily like to talk about. Like if it's my job uh, to, to sell you Jesus, right? Jesus doesn't need me as a salesman. If he does, he's in trouble. But, but if it's my job to, to, to highlight the beauty and the wonder of who Christ is, I don't always love telling you that, hey, you should pray with everything that you have in you. But guess what? Sometimes it's not going to work out. Like, that's not the most hope-filled message. That, that's not a message that gives you uh, all the faith and confidence in the world. But, but the Bible is actually more honest uh, with, with, with you, with us, uh, than a lot of people would be. Because the Bible is going to highlight, in many cases, uh, where, where God's does respond to the prayers of his people, where God uh, doesn't respond that a person wants this and God wants something else and this person wants this and, and God sort of alters that and sometimes uh, the prayers are answered and sometimes they are not. And, and even, even people have different theories, do they not? Like people have different theories when things don't happen. Some people might say that you, don't, you didn't have enough faith, that you didn't pray long enough, uh, that, that you should have done this, that you should have thought about this, uh, that, that there's all these different ideas uh, on, on that sort of thing, but Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, he tells us that if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. Anything that you ask in my name, I will do it. And there are many people who have taken that passage and thought, okay, as long as I get, as long as I write the label of Jesus' name on everything, I can slap that label and ask for whatever I want, right? I want this car in Jesus' name, you slap the Jesus label on it. Lord, I want you to, to give me this job, slap the label on it in Jesus' name. and, and we, it's, That's the way it sounds, right? That's the way that it reads that if we ask anything in the name of Jesus, then it should be given to us. But it's not necessarily what he's talking about. When we pray in the name of Jesus, what we're praying for is, is Jesus, may this be in line with your character and with your plan. May this be in line uh, with who you are, and your plan for our life, your will for our lives. And so let me, let me give you some examples of this, okay? Um, uh, the, the TV series Magnum P.I. first aired in 1980, ran for eight seasons, starred a, a mustache with a man attached to it named Tom Selleck, okay? And now ladies, some of you can't tell me that, that you'd watch Magnum P.I. and go to the Lord and say, Oh dear Lord, I... I watched Magnum again tonight and that Tom Selleck is so good looking. And so, Lord, I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would let me marry Tom Selleck. <laughs> so it, it, would not be, it would not be a stretch for, for God to respond to that and say, I can't do that because he's a married man and so are you. Okay? That would be out of... God's character, right, to, to break that up. Or if you were to pray, dear God, I pray in the name of Jesus. I want to play professional basketball. I want to dunk. I want to play in the league. I want to rub shoulders with all of the great stars in Jesus' name. Right? That's, that's not there's nothing wrong with that prayer. But God might have a different plan for your life. God might have a, his, his will for your life. Okay? Beside the fact that you're 5'8 and have two left feet. Right? <laughs> Or you could pray, or pray, Lord, I, I really don't like my next door neighbor, and so I pray in the name of Jesus that you would drop an airplane on their house. <laughs> in Jesus' name. So again, out of the character of God, most likely out of the will of God, and so um, He's not going to answer requests that are outside of His character, but but we are we're welcome, we are invited to pray in the name of Jesus because we believe. That the goodness of God, that the character of God is right and true we, we, uh, we are to be persistent with it. we are to pray in Jesus name and we are to trust that God knows best right that God has just like Lindsay Root said that God has something better for us like we can pray and put our faith and our confidence in that and, and I know some of those examples that I gave are, are a little se- a little silly, um, especially in the midst of of unanswered prayers really serious prayers that we have prayed there are things that we have brought before the Lord and we haven't really gotten an answer on any of those and and it's confusing and it's it's disheartening it's it's disappointing especially when we want people to be healed especially when we want our marriages to work out and we ask God God is this is this in your character is it is this in your character and in your will that he not be healed is this in your character that that my marriage not work out and so it doesn't does it really seem right? So what exactly is it? Um, there's a pastor named named Pete Gregg who's written a series of books. And he, uh, he walked alongside his wife um, as she was battling uh, just some terminal illness. And by the grace of God, uh, she was brought through it. And so uh, he, began, he began writing. And there's a lot of people that wanted him to write about his experience just with miracles and, and healing. But instead he chose to write about the silence that he felt during that season with his wife, because he, he felt the silence of God. He wanted to write about how it feels when when his prayers go unanswered, and so he wrote this book called "God on Mute," and uh, it's it's a fairly popular book. He's a, a British a British guy, um, but but this is what he says about about unanswered prayers: is that um, there's a lot of different reasons. Reasons that we often don't know why God doesn't answer our prayers or why things don't work out the way that we want them to. And he, he summarizes it in these three ways. Sometimes it has to do of us living in God's world, um, okay, being, being in God's will and understanding that there is God's war happening. Okay? And so let me sort of break those down for us real fast. Um, in God's world, there are laws that govern the world that we live, right? Like, uh, gravity says that if the engine goes out in a plane, um, it's probably going to come down. Like Jesus isn't necessarily going to hold that up in the air uh, because He loves us, right? Okay. Um, the The laws that God has created on this earth says that we need oxygen to breathe. Right, Or well, we won't last very long. It doesn't need to be too hot. It doesn't need to be too cold. It needs to be just right. Uh, physics dictates that if we drive on the road at a certain speed, that if we take a hard right, that we will end up in a ditch. Right? You cannot change the laws of physics. Right? So these are the things that God has ordained and dictated for in the world that he lives in. Okay? And the second one is God's will. Okay, God's will. God is so many more moves ahead of us than we could ever imagine, right? In the passage that we read last week, Isaiah fifty-five, that his his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Everything everything that he does is on a higher level, and there's there's so many relationships, right? Uh, when we were younger, whether that be in high school, whether that be in college. And this is sort of the classic example of, of unanswered prayers, that there's certain certain people that maybe we wanted to have a relationship with or we wanted a certain career to work out. And we prayed and asked God, God, I, I want to I be with that person. I want to marry that person. And, and we're, we're heartbroken when that doesn't happen. But then 20 years later, we see them, and we understand that God knew what he was doing, Right? Right, because you didn't necessarily want to be uh, sh- helping him shave his back for the rest of his life. You know, it's like, glad that I avoid that one. And, and, and even career fields that we wanted to go into, we wanted to do something for so long, uh, but God had a different plan, that God had something uh, different for us instead. And we, we see the beauty in how God changed that for us. Um, but there's also a lot of pain in losing. Uh, what we wanted for ourselves and walking into God's will for us. And, and, and yeah, Lindsay Ruthnell, that God, God has a plan even despite the pain, right? That God has a plan even when you are suffering, even when you have some of that pain going on. And the last thing that we have to remember is that there's a war going on, is that, is that in Genesis 3, when sin entered into the picture, sin ruined everything. Sin is the cause uh, of so much heartache, of so much trauma, um, it is the sinfulness of mankind that creates so much tragedy. A person's choice to be unfaithful to their spouse. A person's choice to drink and drive and cause an accident. A person's choice to uh, harm women, to harm children. Even, even sin uh, broke up the health of our bodies. Our bodies were once originally designed to live forever, but even sin uh, creates illness. Sin uh, creates the deterioration of our body and, and sickness and so many causes of our prayer. And so we have, we have an enemy that is real, that is, is rooting for our demise and, and, and tempting us and leading us into sin. And so there is a war going on, as well as the world that we live in, as well as God's Direction for our lives. And so, um, just about every unanswered prayer that you could think of likely falls into one of those categories. And so, uh, I want to I end with, with this passage, and then if we have time, we can do some more energizers. But in, in Mark 14, Jesus is with his disciples in the garden. Uh, they are in the Garden of Gethsemane, and they are on the eve just right before uh, Jesus is to be crucified. And, and Jesus feels the weight of it, right? If you know this story, he is under a tremendous amount of pressure, stress, as you would be if you knew what was going to happen. And Jesus prays, uh, the, the I would say, the most perfect, the most well-balanced prayer a person could pray. And this is what he says in, this is verse 36. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me Yet not I will, but what you will. And so I say that this is the most perfectly balanced prayer because there are some camps that would say you only need to pray God's will. Only pray God's will. Doesn't matter what you want, doesn't matter what you think. You pray that God's will be done, and that's it. And then there's another camp on the other side that would say, no. The Bible says, bring your needs to God. Pray that, pray that whatever you want is God's will. Pray that whatever you desire, that God would make it his will. Sort of, sort of forcing God into doing that. This one is trying to, to force God to do what you want. This one, why even pray? Because God's going to do his will anyways. But, but here, here's Jesus, the most balanced prayer, saying, God, you can do this, and this is what I want. I would rather not do this. When it says, remove this cup, uh, that, is, that is symbolic of suffering that Jesus knows that he's about to be beaten and crucified. He said, God, I would rather not do this, but your will be done, right? And this is how we should pray. We should say, God, this is what I want, uh, but but I trust you. I trust you enough to know what is better for me. I know that I may experience pain, but I know that I can put my faith and hope in you. And so God says yes to the prayers of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right to his glory, to the fulfillment of his will. God says no to the prayer of Jesus. He says, this cup will not leave you, but this is my will. My will be done in you for all time. And God's plan, his will is perfect. right? Because we know what the sacrifice of Jesus has done for us. We know that the sacrifice of Christ has set us free. And so even, even God in his wisdom and his plan to allow the suffering of his son. Even in that suffering, God has a plan for us all. And and it's in those moments that we feel pain, that we feel like God has left us, in those moments that we feel like God is being silent, that Jesus promises to be with us in that, that Jesus promises to walk alongside us. Right? And, and that he, in doing that, he gives us this peace. The Bible talks about this peace that doesn't make sense, this peace that passes all understanding, this peace that shouldn't be there because of what's going on in our lives and all the anxieties that we feel and all the fear that we feel. He is wise, he is good, he is trustworthy, and he is worthy of our faithfulness. And he promises us to be with us when the answers don't make sense. And God always has something better than we could ever imagine. Let me pray for us. God I thank you for I thank you for your word. I thank you that uh, that your silence doesn't necessarily mean that you don't care. your silence uh, definitely uh, definitely can have us concerned it can have us worried it can have us feel like you're not there that you're not for us that that you are big and powerful um, but but that maybe you just have something, something different and, and that you're indifferent when, when your word teaches us differently, your word tells us differently, your, your character and your goodness is revealed in the scriptures, Lord, uh, that you are for us, that you have a plan for us ever since the day that we were born, uh, you have a desire for us, you want more for us than we could ever imagine. And so, Lord, I pray that you, that you would grow our faith, that you would help us to be faithful back to you, and know that you're good and, and trust you in the process. Uh, trust and try to, try to have eyes for uh, why you might decide what you did. Whether that be the world we live in. Whether that be your will. Whether that be the spiritual battle that's going on, Father. And so, God, I pray that you would, feel, that you would help us to feel your presence. That, you would, that we would feel you as we suffer. And know uh, that you are right there next to us. And that you would give us the peace that our hearts truly long for and truly need. God, we ask this in Christ's name, amen.